This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. There it is. Andy Dalton and TCU win the Rose Bowl. Welcome, everybody, to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all level beyond the industry standard, high school, college, and the NFL draft. You name it, we cover it. You can follow and interact with us on all social medias at Prospects 101 Pod. And guys, I think this was a long overdue, but we're back <laughs> on video. Welcome no, back. I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> Woo, it feels Unbelievable. good. No, dry, no, this is not good timing though. Like I'm pretty sure I gained a COVID-19 uh, <laughs> through this quarantine process. So don't, don't judge me right now. I, um, I gotta say it, it feels really good to be back on video. And for those of you are our YouTube fans out there, we, you know, it's been probably about a month since we've done a show and, and we apologize about that. We've just been we've been having to rebrand and do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And video just kind of took a little bit of a backseat so we could get everything organized first. But we do plan on doing more video. This is the start of a lot of big things to come and hopefully a start of more and more uh, shows on YouTube again as well. So for, for those who don't know, we are Prospects 101 and we cover all prospects from recruiting to college and then those who are trying to get to the NFL. This particular show is Recruiting Roundup, which we're going to drop every Friday morning. And this is a show strictly about recruiting. So, Gless, tell uh, Caitlin we say hey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the wonders of... The wonders of live <laughs> video. It's all wonder good. of live video. All good. All good. So, like I said, we're 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 excited to be back on video. We're excited to be back hanging with our our YouTube fam, and uh, this is the start of many big things to come. So let's hop right into it, guys. It's a big big week this week for recruiting, and and the biggest news arguably is the commitment of Zachary Evans. 
He is the highest rated recruit to commit to TCU, and he's the number two ranked recruit uh, according to 24-7 sports. Pastel, what what you know what what has jumped out to you most about this signing? <laughs> the fact that TCU signed him and the fact that we all thought I mean, for the longest time, we never thought he was going to sign with the Texas team in the first place. We thought it was going to be the Georgia, Texas, uh, or just some other programs, but we never mm-hmm. saw TCU in the picture. So not, I mean, this is what TCU's best, highest rated signing ever, correct? Ever, ever, yeah. ever. So, I mean, I think just from the pr- the prospect of him signing with a school like that, when he could have gone anywhere in the nation, and I'll let Gluster talk more about like what is actually stands out on film with him, but I just think from a an aspect of, oh, my God, he signed with TCU. And then, of course, the, the first comparison is, is it, is it Ladania Thompson? Is he the next LT? But honestly, he, su- he shows that type of skill set. Um, I mean, he's arguably the biggest recruit since Adrian Peterson out of the state of Texas as far as running back. I mean, that's the hype he's yeah. getting right yeah. now. I don't know how he's not the number one prospect. I think it might be some character issues, but I'm not even, I'm not, I don't know that, so I don't want to say that. But from a film standpoint, he looks like the best player in football at the high school level. Yeah, hats off to Gary Patterson, by the way. Get, Gary has been one of the most underrated coaches in Division One, and I, I I love seeing him getting a guy of this caliber because this guy's a program changer, and he's a guy that allows them to compete with the big boys in the Big 12, where in general, you know, generally, you know, they bring in unheralded recruits. They bring in this two stars, maybe some three stars, and they develop them really well at TCU. Well, now they, they got a big... Home run threat, a guy who can go to the house anytime he has the ball in his hands. I'm going to be very curious to see how it plays out at TCU, though. I, I just get the vibe just looking at his Twitter, social media, a lot of the word that's kind of come out throughout this whole process. Is this going to be his only stop at TCU? I guess time will tell, but um, I, I'd love to see what he could do to that program to really elevate it into a top 15, top 10 program. They needed this. I mean, let's let's be serious. Gary needed this. The program at TCU needed this. That's a program that's been trending down since they since really they lost Trevon since Trevon Boykin has graduated. Um, you know they had, they had a, a decent year with Kenny Hill, and then they haven't really had a quarterback since Kenny Kenny Trill, uh, if you remember that Gless. But um, yeah. they they haven't had a lot of success since he's left. So. This was needed. Uh, this is a this is a, a potential recitation um, moment for the program because I again I still have concerns about quarterback. You know, you got Doug in there, um, but you know he he was up and down last year. He was a highly recruited quarterback, but he's got to take that next step. Hopefully, Zach Evans can come in and be the player everybody thinks he can be and take the pressure off of Duggan and really you know set that program to the next level. You know, they they they're going to need it so. Very, very, very big surprise. You don't see a lot of recruiting surprises like this, and and so it's very, it's very fun and very cool to see it when you do. It's nice. It's nice. Somebody out of the big, uh, big boys didn't get the the top guy for once. And, and yeah. you look at Zachary Evans, and if there, I don't, I don't want to say character <coughs> issues because that could be anything. Uh, but somebody that I think you think needs more structure. I don't think you could have gone to a better program than yeah. TCU with Gary Patterson. So I think. Uh, him going there, not only for a scheme fit and him just being a five-star prospect, they don't get those guys. Um, good for him. That's going to help him out in the long run, I think. Yeah. So in other big news, um, Talia Tagovailoa has decided to transfer. He's entered the transfer portal. And, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily 
a surprise because I don't think he was going to beat out Mac Jones or he would have already done it. And he, I don't think he's going to even beat out Bryce Young because Bryce Young might beat out Mac Jones uh, because he's the most dynamic freshman quarterback uh, in the country. So my question to you guys is, is where do you think he goes? And as you can see, I got a couple um, schools on here. You know, the U has been the top rumor uh, with, with his older brother, Tua in Miami and uh, FIU is another school that's been rumored with the, you know, their quarterback Morgan, who was drafted this year. They don't have a quarterback and you're kind of toward the Miami area as well to be close to family, be close to Tua and mom and dad. But then two names that really stood out to me that I, you know, that weren't really talked about, but as far as I'm concerned, I think our, our legit sp- spots are Maryland and, and, um, Michigan, you know, Michigan is Josh Gaddis, a former offensive coordinator. And, and then the tug of Aloha family is really close with Mike Loxley, uh, the head coach at Maryland. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what are you, what are you, what is your gut telling you guys? Where do you think he I, ends up? Yeah, I, I think all four of the, or uh, three of the four of those are fantastic fits for him. I think Maryland is a unique one. I, I, I think Michigan makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. I think Michigan is, better suited to bring in more four or five star quarterbacks mm-hmm. than a mm-hmm. school like Maryland is. I, and you talked about Caleb Williams last week, Kenny on the recruiting roundup. If they don't happen to get Caleb Williams, I think that um, Tiger Valoa would be a fantastic fit at the university of Maryland. Uh, not only that, it'd be a big name uh, at the university of Maryland university of Maryland football is not yeah. big. They're starving for a winner. Honestly, they just want to be really competitive in the Big Ten, and this guy would give them a chance to be competitive in the Big Ten for a couple years. Uh, and again, like I said, that Loxley connection, you can't mistake that that relationship was built there, was built there in recruiting. So I, I think Maryland makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Yeah, I think the, the problem with Michigan, though, is they just got a five-star quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a top 15 player in, in this year's or next year's uh, recruiting roundup. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest question is, can two or can Tagovola to his little brother, can he play next year or is he going to sit out a year? We don't know that yet. We're not sure if any of these rules are going to pass where transfers allowed to have a one-time transfer rule or yep. if they're going to have to sit out a year. Uh, but on the assumption of him having to wait a year, I don't think Michigan is a good fit because if you get a five-star prospect, he's going to be playing quickly. Uh so I think Maryland, probably the best pick if Caleb Williams doesn't go there. Outside of that, I, I do think a Florida school, I mean, how about Hawaii? What if you went back to Hawaii and freaking <laughs> be, just resurrected that program? What a cool. legend he would be run, there. Run the, run in the run and shoot out in Hawaii. That'd be amazing. I mean, I he's only 5'10", 5'11". He's a smaller guy. So, like, get yeah. him in a, an air raid type of offense, possibly. Well, and I, I, guys, I don't know if, if they're running the air raid out there. Todd Graham's the new head coach. Oh, is he? I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't see who the new head coach was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's the new head coach out there. So I don't even know if that's what they would be running because I, I believe the OC out there is. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. I apologize. It's it's escaping me now. But I um I, I think they're they're not going back to that Nick Rolovich run offense. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. GJ Kenny is. Uh, yeah, the uh, the offensive. Um, uh, 
coordinator. Uh, coordinator there. And he was the uh, he was listen to this, by the way, he was the offensive special projects for the Eagles last year and an offensive analysis or analyst for Arkansas the year before. He was a GA for SMU in 2017. That's how that's how young this guy how is. He's 31. He is. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Nick Rolovich is is really the one of the last ones of a dying breed. I mean, he is he runs the run and shoot, and he was a run and shoot quarterback. So, um, yeah. it, it's kind of interesting. It was like the only time Hawaii's ever been successful is when they run the run and shoot, and they keep getting rid of it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Stop getting rid you of it. You would have thought Stop you would have thought they would have. You'd have thought they like would have promoted their OC to head coach or something like that. Yeah, it may have been, yeah, it may have been something where the OC maybe interviewed and they didn't give him the job, so the OC had, you know maybe ended up going to uh, Washington, Washington State, State with, yeah. uh, with 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 Nick. So it's interesting. In my opinion, I, I honestly I kind of like FIU. Go play with Butch Davis. At, at, you're you're a G five program. There's not a lot of pressure. You yeah. can go ball out and. And look like I mean Morgan got drafted this year from FIU, so it's not like you can't get drafted from from that program. And like I said, Butch Davis is there. He's a pro coach. He's been around for a while. Uh, I can think of worse places to go. I so, mean, at the end of the day, you want to play, and you yeah. don't want to go to another program where you might get beaten out by somebody. I know everyone thinks being a competitor, you don't think you will ever get beaten out, but it's already proven that Alabama was a bad decision for him. So I do agree with you, Kenny. Like FIU or FAU, probably two different programs that I think he has a legit. Uh, potential to start next year and actually yeah. kind of develop his own brand. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to be see. Uh, I know we're all going to be waiting around with bated breath for his decisions. What's up prospects. One one fans. Sorry for the interruption, but I'd love to talk to you about some of our awesome sponsors real quick with currently no NBA, NHL or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on where you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Blue Chew! Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? I don't know which guy isn't. Get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. So moving on, and kind of a continuation of what I talked about last week is the Tennessee Volunteers, and they stay hot, man. Over Mother's Day weekend, after we, dro- after we dropped – after we dropped our uh, recruiting roundup show last week, they signed three more four-star prospect commits. Katron Evans, defensive tackle, 
Aaron Willis, outside linebacker, and Caden Salter at quarterback. I mean, they just keep producing signings. And I know Tennessee's had good recruiting class in the past, but this just feels different. Are, are they yeah. back? Are they back? Because I, I answered that. I had to answer that question last week, but I'm asking you guys now. Are they mm-hmm. back? You're, well, you're not you're not back till you start winning some games. So I no, they aren't back yet, but okay. they could be. They could be. Uh, I really like Kate, uh, Caden Salter. I know he's a little bit undersized, six one one eighty five. So definitely need to get him in the weight room, beef him up a little bit to be able to uh, deal what he needs to deal with as a dual threat quarterback in the SEC. But guys, the, the touch he puts on the ball is beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd recommend everybody look at his um, his huddle highlights. It's extremely impressive. Uh, he could be a guy that really ends up being the catalyst to this class because they're bringing a lot of four or five star guys that are mm-hmm. outside linebacker, guards, tackles, you know, kind of unheralded positions generally. But in the SEC, that's what you need to win game in and game out. So I really like that they're building it that way, that Jeremy Pruitt's building it that way. But they, I think they got their guy in Salter. Um, you know, he had offers from Arkansas, Arizona State, Auburn, Baylor. So, you know, he had some big programs after him, and he chose Tennessee instead of that. So, I mean, it's either that, man, or I tell you what, those Tennessee boosters just got fed up uh, with uh, with being out recruited and opened up their pocketbooks. I don't know. I don't know if that for a fact. By the way, I am just completely speculating. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're definitely getting that feel right now in college football, and specifically with Tennessee, that with everybody just recruiting or sorry, committing right now, you're getting forced to commit early as well. Like I don't know if he wanted to commit necessarily this early. He probably wanted to like, kind of develop and see what other options he had out there. But with everyone committing right now, he probably felt forced to pick somebody that he felt comfortable with, which, which was Tennessee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I talked about, I kind of hit on that a little bit last week. Uh, are we going to see like a rash of decommitments come signing day? Um, I think it, with the circumstances we're in, who knows? I, I do think though, I don't think there's going to be a lot of decommits. I think, I think everybody's kind of going to stay put. I, I, I think they're making their, their choice now, maybe a couple. I think some people might feel like, as you say, forced because they don't want to lose their spot, but I think pretty much everybody's going to stay put. I think 90, 95% of the class will stay put. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the one thing you have to think about, too, is the transfer portal. Like, say JT Daniels comes here, it's like, well, crap. Yeah. If, he, if he's yeah. going to be the guy, maybe I switch out. I will say another guy, Aaron Willis, he was a player that Virginia Tech was recruiting, and actually he signed – we thought he was going to commit to Virginia Tech there for a while. He's a smaller guy, 5'11", 207, but yeah. he's an absolute playmaker on the ball, and I think he's been one of those guys that – I don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL. That's way down the road. But for him in a college athlete, I think they got a stud in Aaron Willis for an yeah. outside linebacker. Position. He, he he had originally committed to VT, right? And then decommitted? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was probably Virginia yeah. Tech's highest rated uh, player for that year. Well, that, the other thing too, guys, and, and something to take note of, um, they clearly have a pipeline into St. Francis Academy in Baltimore because I believe that's their – if um, – Katron Evans isn't their second guy. He might be their third guy that they've gotten mm-hmm. to commit. I'm sorry. He's their, the, the second guy they've gotten to commit out of that school. Um, interesting that Tennessee goes into Baltimore and gets two big time four or five star recruits um, out, out recruits Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn. I mean, this guy had offers from everywhere and he ended up choosing, uh, choosing to go to Tennessee. So well, I think it's interesting. I feel like Tennessee, and this is just my opinion, when they put this coaching staff together, they put guys that can recruit. 
And like yeah. they put a emphasis on recruiting, not necessarily scheme sure. fit or experience yeah. and all these other things. I think they thought, all right, who can go out there and recruit the best athletes? And they put that stud start cast with T Martin and Pruitt yep. and all these other guys, and they're going out there and producing. Yeah, I they mean, have three. They have three national recruiter of the year uh, coaches on staff: Pruitt, Niedermeyer, and T Martin. All yeah. those guys in the in the past ten years have won. Um, national recruiter of the year. Niedermeyer actually yep. won it last year in 2019. I, I talked about it a little. I kind of hit on it a little bit last week. They are a. They are set up to be a recruiting powerhouse. Remember, Pruitt's kind of one of the guys who helped turn around Georgia. Like he yeah. had a very, very big hand in that. So uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. By the way, you know he still has ties down there because they're now getting kids to recruit to Tennessee that are kind of in that Georgia Alabama pipeline. They're kind of in that area. And Watch out. And man, are Georgia and Bama fans on Twitter salty? Oh, dude, I've been reading a bunch of uh, tweets from those guys, and they are just trying to rip Tennessee to shreds. And I'm like, dude, you know you're doing something right when you haven't really been relevant in the last ten years, and now that the, the, your rivals can't keep your names out of their mouth. Yeah, and Alabama is the 48th ranked recruiting class right now, so of course they're bitter. They're bitter when they're seeing Tennessee take their own athletes and they can't get, recruit anybody right now. I mean, they'll finish in the top 10, but right now yeah. they're sucking. It's it's wild. Yeah. And, and kind of to pivot a little bit, Brandon, it's one of the one of the one of the surprising classes of the year so far. Alabama's ranked 48th. They've had three four-star and three three-star recruits commit so far. The one thing I thought was interesting, though, when I when I was looking on uh, 24-7 Sports Crystal Ball predictions, they are the favorite to sign 23 four-star prospects or higher right now. So I don't think that 48th ranking is going to last very yeah. long. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the top five. I mean, yeah, it they, won't. It's with Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's in the same boat. They're like in the, the 40s, and they'll finish yeah. in the top 10. But it's just so crazy seeing them this far behind the Powerball, yeah. this, yeah. part, this part in the recruiting season. Yeah, I think there's two things that work here, guys. One, I think with COVID-19, that's a big part of it. Nick Saban can barely operate email. Um, right. And, and at this point he'd be having spring practice guys would be walking on campus and kids would be salivating, salivating at the mouth to sign with Alabama. Um, the second thing, and, and you guys know this recruiting's momentum, a, a momentum sport, right? It's mm-hmm. just like what Tennessee's doing. These kids are starting to commit. And, you know, these are kids that they've gotten to know throughout the recruiting process. So I think it's only a matter of time. Alabama signs another two, three, four-star guys. And I think you start to see their class fill out a little bit. But I think not having spring practice and, you know, not to totally knock Nick Saban, but when I saw he could barely write an email and do a text message, I was like, dude, how's he going to recruit like today's 17, 18-year-old kid if those kids can't? walk on to spring practice or or yeah. anything like that. So he needs to hey, learn just he, interesting. Just in a just an opinion. He needs to learn or have his wife show him to put on all his championship rings in both hands and then just have him take a picture of it and then send it to all the recruits and say, hey, why don't yep. you come play for us? Yeah. I think and, I think that'll fix it pretty quick. And if any fans are wondering, yes, this is including uh Jacory Brooks that just signed a week ago on May 8th, which is He's a four-star prospect, but he honestly plays like a five-star prospect. He's a six-foot-three, yeah. 185-pound receiver, and they're still ranked 48th or 49th in the nation. So just to clear that up, like with that prospect, they still are ranked that low right now. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I think they'll – I think that, like I said, the the 
the crystal ball thing kind of makes me feel like, okay, they're, they're about to just uh, glutton. And you talked about about being momentum. I think once they, they start signing some of these four-star guys, it's just going to quickly cascade and we're going to blink. And next thing you know, Alabama's going to be in the top five again. Um, but Paso, another, another recruiting class that's kind of surprised me is Minnesota yep. uh, ranked at number seven. My boy, PJ Fleck. I wish I was wearing. Wish I was guy. wearing my. I wish I was wearing my tie with my quarter zip right now. I'd feel amazing. But um, my guy PJ Fleck continuing his recruiting dominance. Yeah. You know he did well at Western Michigan, and then he's gone into Minnesota. And every year he's had a better class than the next. Right now he's got a top ten class, five four star commits, eleven three star commits. They're second in the Big Ten, and they had a great week last week. You know they signed um, Marquise Irving, running back. Um, had 23 offers. Some of those offers were from Virginia Tech, Utah, Wisconsin, South Carolina, Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan State, and then Darius Green, a three-star safety, uh, who had a bunch of offers as well. What do you? What do you? Uh, what do you make of that uh, pastel? What do you make of them in the seventh seventh class in the nation right now? The fact that Minnesota's got the seventh-ranked class in, in college football. Like we're, we're seeing programs right now that we're not used to seeing have a top ten recruiting class. You got. I mean, I'll give Tennessee a pass. Like we've seen them in the past do it, just not to this level. But UNC being number three, I think, currently in, in the in the nation for a top mm-hmm. recruiting class, and then you got Minnesota. The guys came on the scene out of nowhere, and he's raising that program up. And he's got guys right now that are top first round talent players, like Rashad Bateman. He's got Tanner Morgan on the team, mm-hmm. so it's not like I mean, this is just gonna he's gonna reload. He's gonna keep on reloading if he keeps getting classes like this in the top ten. So I love a PJ Flex one. I love yeah. the signings this past week. Marquis Irving. Again, like I, I get they only restrict five-star ratings to 32 people around about that. But when you look from just a talent standpoint, it's like, dude, this guy's got everything. And I think he's going to be a dynamic playmaker for Minnesota and almost immediately, I would argue. Uh, so I love to see what they're doing. I hope they keep it up. Honestly, I just hope P.J. Flex stays there. I just I get the sick feeling he's going to be, I don't know, the next SEC coach somewhere. Like he's going to get out bought out he's gonna get paid the big bucks right and leave uh minnesota i just hope that doesn't happen pj pj is a very interesting case because i've been following pj fleck for a while now i think i think less how long i mean how long have i been preaching to you about how good this guy was gonna be years man. i mean it's been i he's probably my favorite coach in all sports and i I, i'm torn because i could see him absolutely leaving to go to usc uh i mean I, i do i think his brand and what he could do at USC would be a match made in heaven. Uh, oh, he'd be a he'd be I'd be a young Pete Carroll. I said he'd be a Pete Carroll 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 the he'd be a young two 2.0 version of Pete Carroll. So I could see him. I mean, look, I mean at the end of the day, you know, if USC or you know, some big program, some blue blood program comes knocking at your door and you're at Minnesota, as much as you want to build a brand and build a reputation around Minnesota. You got to go there, but I, I'm with you. I hope he stays at Minnesota. I'd love to see him build them up into a powerhouse, um, but eventually that's going to come to an end, and he's going to go to a bigger P5. It's great yeah. for college football when you see coaches like that and Gary Patterson of the world. Just stay there. It's great for college football, and I love it as a college. Yeah, football I, fan. I love it, and I, and I don't mind it. But I mean, how many how many national titles does Gary Patterson won? That's the problem. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it's 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 great. I I don't disagree with you, but from a personal perspective, also you want to compete for national championships, and I don't know yeah. if Minnesota will ever be a national championship type team. I think they'll be an upper Big Ten type team, but I don't know if they'll ever be a national championship type team. So I I anyway, I don't want to get too far off the rails. And one more recruiting class that we were looking at, and, and Pastel, I know you were kind of um, hitting me up offline about this a lot, so I really want to let you run with this. Is Houston being the 79th 
rent class currently in the country. Why don't you sound off a little bit about what, what you're seeing there at Houston? I, I guess I'm just frustrated because they, they pay Dana the most money for a G5 or a, what's a, yep. trying, a G5 program, whatever, yep. in, in the country. They gave him the most money. It was about $5 million a year. Um, I, I think it was just until recently, uh, Charlie Strong out got got more money than him. But uh, outside of that, and he's the 79th ranked class, and he lost Derek King. And I, I get if you don't like Derek King, bottom line is a dynamic playmaker, and they, he got lost to Miami. They lost out on Zachary Evans. I'm not saying Zachary Evans necessarily was ever a, a potential fit for Houston, but when was TCU? Like TCU was never in the mix. And now, and I say Zachary well, Evans, by the way, because Zachary Evans was from Houston. Yeah. Like they lost out on their own hometown prospect to a team like TCU. I get if it was like Florida or Miami or, or uh, Alabama, but you lost out to TCU. I mean, I, I, I get frustrated with this class because they're not even recruiting in their own state. The highest ranked player in Texas that Houston has right now is 65, according yeah. to 247 Sports. Uh, so I get frustrated with what Dana Horgerson uh, is doing there just because he's getting paid the big bucks. And he's not producing. Yeah, from a recruiter. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think Dan has ever been known as an incredible recruiter. I don't. I don't no. think that's really his calling card. I think if you look at his classes at West Virginia and what he did there, I mean, none of them were were off the rails stellar. I mean, when you think of West Virginia recruits, I mean, you think of what Rich Rod did there. You certainly don't think of what Dana did there. So, no. Um, it, it's not overly. It's not overly surprising that they don't do well. And it's still a G5 school, even though they are at University of Houston and they've had some really good teams over the years. Um, I, I've always thought that he was going to struggle there. Like it didn't, I, I think, I, I think you got to get lucky with some kids there. Like Ed Oliver, that was like, well, and that's stupid lucky. And like that's a great, Herman that's a, got lucky. Yeah. And, and that's a great that's a great uh, point there, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring up with Pastel is, yeah, losing out in Zachary Evans uh, kind of stinks, but Ed Oliver is the only five-star prospect to ever sign with a G5 program, and that was with Houston, so it's kind of funny we're talking about that, but I, I don't think there was ever an expectation that he was going to sign with Houston or even be close. I mean, it's, never, it's only happened once since the prospects have been ranked uh, since like the year 2000. In 20 I, years – I don't think it, I don't think it's fair to hold that against Dana Holgerson that he couldn't sign a five star because it just doesn't happen. Correct, but it's all the pieces together. I'm not saying Zachary Evans is like the, yeah, the main reason. Like he fair. was never in the top five of Zachary Evans, but neither was TCU. What I'm saying is he was from Houston. Like you should have been in his top five if yeah. you were if you're getting paid the number one G five coach in America and you lose out again. Again, you can't even recruit in your own state. You can't recruit at all right now. You're ranked 79th in the nation and you're getting paid like a power five conf- uh, team. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, Tone Tone Fertitta definitely pays well. Um, I mean, they're trying. Gotta go. But but as we know, guys, it's early. Yeah, it's very very early in this ball game, and I, and I get not I get, not a great start. I get that, but it's still very early. Losing King sucks, and I and yeah. I get he might not transfer to be a, an NFL prospect yeah. and so forth. But from a college standpoint, he he's a good QB. Yeah, I mean, he might have quit or not, but. I don't know. Dana should have found a way to keep him because he's a good dynamic player. And that would have worked perfectly in a G5 program like Houston to raise it up to that level yeah, to be a top 25 program. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I have issues with some of this stuff because you can't convince a guy who quits on the team. to. I mean, he quit because they were one and three. And he was like, no, I'm, I, I'm just going to use my red shirt and go transfer somewhere, somewhere else. So, I mean, you can only – you can't convince – you can't convince a guy – 
to already stay. quit. Yeah, yeah, trying to quit. If he's good, if he's got his mind up on quitting, he's going to quit. And yeah. to be honest, do you even really want to? Like, do I really want to go beg a guy to stay who's thinking about quitting? Who's supposed to be the captain of my team? No, dude. If you want to quit, quit. There's the door. Like, I don't want you on my team anyway. Yeah, but he's about to get seen uh, seen the door as well if he can't start recruiting better. It'd be interesting. I think it's buyouts pretty big. But yeah, Tillman Fertitta, is, uh, he's been on record at saying. People, we fire coaches for for nine game for winning nine games around here, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. But uh, hey, real, real quick, do you think there's a trend in college football? Do you think there could be a trend that if your team's not very successful for the first four games and you are a better quarterback, that you decide to just sit out the rest of that year and hopefully save face and do better the next year? I think I think it's a dangerous uh, precedent that was set by King last year. Um, you know, but. Here's the thing. If, if King goes out and sucks in Miami, I don't think this is a big deal. But if he balls out. Could be. It Maybe. Could be. I mean, it's, it, 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 it just depends on the coach's appetite on if they're willing to sell their soul. I can tell you that if a kid does that, I wouldn't want anything to do with that kid. Yeah. I don't care how good he is. Nah, dude, screw that. You, could, you quit on the team and you quit on the program just for your own self-interest? Screw you, man. Yeah, Get on yeah. My program. I, I don't oh, know I if I, I I don't know if I'd be taking that, that player. And I mean, it's no surprise that Miami took him in. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, my, well, Miami. Well, Miami went six and seven last year. So, and they've been terrible since two thousand and six. So, so uh, Pastel, looking at the top ten here, uh, why don't you why don't you go over the top ten and and tell me if there's any surprises, anything that uh, or your thoughts on the top ten. What, what are you thinking? If you okay. if you're watching a video right now, we have a little ticker going at the bottom as well. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of tell people what the top ten is. I, I would like to do this every week just so you can see how it fluctuates ups and up down. But number one, you got Ohio State, who is by far the number one recruiting class. We, yeah. We're talking about Tennessee, like surprising everybody, and North Carolina being up there, and Clemson as well. But Ohio State is possibly potentially the greatest recruiting class by 247 or rivals ever if they are if they get all the crystal ball projections correct they're up there with some of the most elite recruiting classes ever they're that far ahead of tennessee right now um ohio state's number one tennessee's number two north carolina's number three clemson four usc it's good to see them back in the top five i feel like from a from from a while there we seem in the top 15 but it's good to see them kind of back in the powerhouse of the top five, number five, USC, number six, Florida, number seven, I already told you, uh, was Minnesota, number eight, Iowa, nine, Notre Dame, and 10, Michigan. Um, the only thing I really would like to point out right there is the fact that one, UNC, where the heck did they come yep. from? Um, yep. and they have Iowa at eight, Iowa at eight. Look at that, Kirk Ferentz getting it done, yeah. Hey, you know, and that's the one takeaway. The my biggest takeaway from this top 10 is you got four big 10 teams in it. Big Ten oh, wow. coming out to play, man. Coming out to play. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and then you got Notre Dame right there at nine. I, I, I like to see yeah. Notre Dame do well. You know, my other biggest takeaway right now is I feel like uh, Michigan has not gotten their quarterback right since uh, since Harbaugh has been there. Like, when is Harbaugh finally going to get his quarterback? He's got his transfers, but he's never recruited yeah. his main quarterback. Well, guess what? He just recruited a five-star uh, player in JJ McCarthy. So now he's finally got his main dude. Well, remember um, they got they got Brandon Peters. I think was it two or three years ago, a five-star prospect, and he ended up being a big busto. He's the starting quarterback at Illinois now. Yeah, busto. Uh, but just, re- just just remember that. Yeah, but this guy is. I mean, he's top fifteen player in the nation. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's always the bus factor to it. But I think yeah. it's good to see. Not that I like Michigan, but it's good to see them get a quarterback to not give Harbaugh any excuses. If they can't beat Ohio State in the next few years with this guy, bye-bye, Harbaugh. 
Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's bye bye, but I think he's got some leash. But he's definitely needs to. He definitely needs to find his quarterback. That's for sure. Uh, Pastel, as we wrap up here, you know, for the show, I want you to kind of go over some of the uh, signings this week, this past week that kind of caught your eye. What were some of the some of the some of the teams and some of the players that caught your eye on, on signings? I mean, just just to kind of wrap it up. Just more signings in general, and I, we try to do this from a week to week basis. Just seeing like the last six, seven, eight days, is some guys that have signed and. Florida State, uh, they got a four-star prospect in Hunter Washington. Uh, looks very good on film. I'm really curious to see how early he plays there mm-hmm. in, at Florida State. Uh, Louisiana Tech uh, got a, the 500th ranked uh, player in the nation and three-star running back and Trevion Hargrove. And yep. for schools like that, like a three-star running back in the top 500 is a big, big news for them. I mean, I get, yep. I get, everyone gets wrapped around this Alabama program that they get everybody in the top 100. But for schools like this, that's a big pickup. Uh, LSU, of course, they get their normal four-star running back in Corey Kiner. He's uh, 163rd in the nation. Good pickup. Wake Forest just keeps adding to that offensive line with Eric Russell. I'm really curious to see how, how they it. do. I mean, that was a big pickup for them. Uh, USC got an athlete, a uh, four-star prospect in uh, Julian Simon. He's mm-hmm. he's a, he's going to be fun to watch right there. Uh, and we've already talked about USC being in a top-five class this year. Uh, Kentucky. I mean, I'm telling you, Kentucky's starting to build something down there with Stoops. Uh, as far as recruiting base as well, they got a four-star receiver named Deckel Crowdis, uh, 240th player ranked in the nation. And then you got some three-star uh, prospects from Toledo, uh, running back uh, Willie Shaw, SMU, mm-hmm. got a guy named Jalen uh, Record, uh, wide receiver, uh, three-star prospect. Actually, SMU had three three-star uh, recruits this past week. So they had uh, Jalen, had an inside linebacker in Trevion Sneed, and then another wide receiver in Dylan Goffney. Uh, so great, great week for SMU. I'm excited to see what they do uh, with the recruiting class this year. Texas or Texas picked another three star. Maryland, they got Maryland. Uh, you get that vibe. Maryland's starting to pick it up now. I mean, if the fact that they're well, in they, the conversation for the number one player in the class. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, they have got a top 15 class this year. They got two guys this past week: uh, a tight end in Weston Wolf and uh, mm-hmm. and a three star and athlete uh, CJ Dupree. Um, so I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see what uh, what Maryland's building right now in the in the ACC. Uh, and then, or sorry, the big, big thing, sorry, big big um, and just to kind of top it off right now is uh, Nebraska. They got another quarterback, uh, Heinrich Harburg, three star. But when you really start breaking him down, I think he's the guy after Martinez. Um, so I'm, I'm really just, I'm really, I hope he redshirts this year so we don't waste a year of eligibility on him, but watch out for him. Just watch out for him. He's gonna be fun to watch. Interesting. Yeah. Nebraska needs to pick it up, man. They've definitely. Falling on hard times, and uh, you know Scott Frost was supposed to bring uh, a new era there, and it hasn't happened yet. I was last year was obviously a very disappointing year. Um, you know Martinez didn't play like the Heisman uh, candidate everybody thought he could be. So hopefully they turn around this year. But um, yeah, they just need to continue recruiting well, and and you know it's it's tough. It's tough at the end of the day to recruit people to Nebraska. I mean, you're trying to recruit people to Nebraska. It's like saying hi. I'm in Delaware. Yeah. So that's tough. Well, look, guys, uh, every Friday you can look forward to Prospects 101 dropping a recruiting roundup. Uh, This is, like I said, this is a recap of the week in recruiting itself. It's our opinions on what what we took away from the week and some of the big news. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, I can't say this enough. It's great to be back on YouTube. It's great to interact with our YouTube fam. We've missed you guys. We look forward to doing more content for you. As always, make sure you're you're subscribing. Uh, click on that like button as well. Make sure you click on the notification bell. And for all those who are, aren't on YouTube or, or not watching on YouTube, you can also follow us 
at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Prospects101Pod. And again, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to Spotify. Make sure you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show. For Pastel, for Gless, I'm Kenny. Everybody have a great night.